0: You're listening to the Do The Damn Thing Podcast with Liz Heron, episode 43. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Do The Damn Thing Podcast. My name is Liz Heron and I am your personal cheerleader, helping you get off your butt and on your way to trying something new, facing your fears, or realizing your dreams. No matter what your damn thing is, whether it's asking for a raise at work, organizing your house, getting out of that toxic relationship, or pursuing your passion project, This show will provide you with real-world, tangible tips and inspiration so you can live the life you deserve. If you're ready to do the damn thing, then you have come to the right place. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now let's jump in. Well, hey, friend. How are you today? It is Friday, thankfully. I think this is like the second week in a row that we've put the show out on a Friday. Maybe this is our new day. I don't know. We'll see. Hang in there. (laughs) There's no rules. We're just going to put it out whenever we put it out. No, it'll be every week, but not sure if it'll be Thursdays or Fridays going forward. So stay tuned. Make sure you've subscribed so that you get it no matter when we publish. Let's see what's going on today. I am super excited about the guest for today. Her name is Naja Hall, and she is a master... Step family coach, and this is as you know if you if you 've listened to the show, if you know me, this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. I have two bonus kids, and I actually come from a blended family. My dad, when he remarried, married my stepmom, who I just referred to as my mom um, and so i've kind of been in the blended family dynamics for as long as I can remember, and I never thought that I would be in a blended family, obviously you know when you get married, you don't think. Oh, gee, I hope this doesn't work out and I can go like be someone's stepmom or like, (laughs) you know, blend, have a blended family. That's never anyone's like plan A. And so it's definitely been a little bit of a bumpy road. I've been, you know, the kid in a blended family, I've never been the parent. And so I really wanted to especially now as we're about to embark on um, blending, like really blending our families and Tyler and I are starting to look for places and and we're all moving in together this summer. I really wanted to talk to someone who was an expert. And so of course I called up Naja Hall, who is, like I said, she's master step-family coach. She's an author, a speaker, an educator and a podcaster. So she, in just three years, her brand has she leads the blended family niche, and her family and coaching agency provides resources to over 200,000 adults on a daily basis. Uh, I really love her philosophy. She sees the family as the singular, most important system in our society. And look, with over 50% of today's modern families, <laughs> including partners who have remarried or recoupled, she aims to provide resources that reshape the misconceptions that prevent members of step families from thriving. So I had to have her on. I have so many questions. She is so awesome. She is so just like honest and real and she really gets it. And so I hope that this episode is helpful to you if you are somebody who, if you're a single mom and you're like figuring out the dating thing and when do you introduce the kids and and how do you handle that? We talk about that. If you are somebody who is in a blended family relationship, maybe it's a high conflict and there's the baby mama drama we talk about that. We talk about really how to be a partner, you know, how to strengthen the partnership with your partner and how to do that back and forth between like having been a single mom for so long. And then how do you make the switch now that you're in like a partnership and and that transition can be a little rocky. I know I've been there. So if this sounds like where you are then you are definitely in the right place because this conversation has so much good stuff and it was so t- fun talking to Naja. We could have talked forever. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy this episode. I Really, really love talking to Naja Hall. She's somebody who, if you have blended family questions, you should seek out. Uh, you can find her on Instagram at blended and black as well as VIP stepmom. And I'm going to put all of her links in the show notes so you can go and follow her and and just soak up all of her goodness. Okay, friends, enjoy this episode and uh, have a great weekend. Well, thank you, Naja Hall, for being here today. I'm so excited to to talk to you about all things. Blended families. <laughs> hey, Liz, how are you, girlfriend? I'm good. I'm so glad this is, is working today. We this is like our take two. So some difficulties, and you got to keep plugging along.
1: Yeah, yeah, we had a we had a um, rehearsal, but now this is the real thing. So. <laughs> We had our dress rehearsal, didn't work out, and we're back, you know?
0: Exactly. You just have to keep trying.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Hey, that's the whole premise of my job is
0: to teach people to come back and try again. Try again. Exactly. So let's get into this. So I kinda put some feelers out to my listeners and followers about this. And there was so much excitement because, um, I guess I hadn't, didn't realize how many either stepmoms or single parents or like blended families listen to the show or follow along. Yes, But when I put sort a of feeler out for questions, so many people were so excited that you were coming on the show. So before we get into everything, can you talk a little bit about how did you get into blended family coaching and stepmom coaching? Well, I got into blended family coaching
1: because a blended family got into me.
0: I, (laughs) no,
1: that's the real talk though, Liz. I I met this awesome fella who was a father. He was a divorcee and all of the things that I said I was going to avoid, you know, because I was a single girl, no kids. So I could, you know, move around, meander about the country or the world as I please. And I just knew I never wanted to deal with these horror stories that I heard such as child support or court or baby mama drama or you know a guy that's attached at the hip to another woman. My mom and dad are still married hmm. and I kind of only had that example of relationships so I knew I knew what I didn't want and I knew I didn't want those things. And so I met my who the the fellow that became would later become my husband and everything that I wanted to avoid it literally started happening in my life. It was like an avalanche of all the stuff that I named that I said, I ain't gonna ever deal with. Literally that was my everyday life. And it was pure craziness. I know a lot of people out there that have experienced this, either you're on, you know, you've a, you're a person that has experienced a family becoming two or, um, you know, or becoming one. Like if you've experienced that, then you know what I'm talking about. You know, the, heartache and the isolation and the fear and the anxiety depression you know just how pissed off you are a lot of the times like you you're like well I found new love or I've lost love but I have peace in no other areas of my life because of this one thing yeah so that's what my life became and ultimately once I started seeking resources the thing that I found is that the people that were offering help I you know that their life seemed too too marshmallow for me. I was like cuz my stuff was ugly. It was restraining orders, it was cussing, it was yelling, it was disrespect. And these people were you know telling me to turn the other cheek. Well, I'm like, "Honey, I ain't got another cheek to turn." Like, I need to go beat some ass. Like, somebody needs to teach me how to be. And so I went to my pastor. Um, you know, he told me to pray about it. I went to my therapist and he's just Had no experience with that. I went to my my mother. She's still married to my dad. She couldn't help me. And so what does a woman do when she can't find resources? We build. That's what we women do. We're nurturers. We take care of people. And so once I made it out of the ugly zone to where it was not, step parenting was not taking up 100% of my threshold for pain, or anxiety, like I had no room for anything else because it was just doing that. Once I reached a point to where I felt like I was okay, I was like, all right, Naja, you need to start helping other people. God mm-hmm. made it, as some people call the universe, him, her, whatever you call God. For me, I call God, God. But, you know, this master source in my life made it so that I was okay. And I'm just committed to making sure that nobody else have to, has to go through years of, do you cuss on this podcast, girl? Oh, what? yes. <laughs> I just want to make sure nobody had to go through years of bullshit to get to the promised land because it ain't that serious. It's not as hard as we make it. And I'm just, my commitment is making sure that um I give people exact tools of things to do so that they get it right the first time. And it doesn't have to hurt.
0: Yeah. That's so great. Cause I think there's like, to your point, right. There's so many people who can talk about it theoretically and this idea of like, Oh, be the bigger person and all these things. But it's like when you can give people actionable tips and tools on like okay i've been in this situation i know here's how i dealt with it here's what worked here's what didn't <laughs> right like right right so valuable and i think mm-hmm. you know it's like with the way you know divorce rates are it's like more and more people are in these situations and right. i love that you said that like all the things you weren't looking for is what you wound up with because you know
1: exactly
0: (laughs) that's just like
1: (laughs) they say tell god your plan and he's just gonna get laughed at because i literally i had it all mapped out you know i had what i was gonna be with i never Mm -hmm. thought that being a stepmother would be something that was on my resume or be even be a chapter in my book of of nausea's life yeah but lo and behold, here I am. And I think I'm doing a pretty good job at it. I mean, my stepkids seem to like me a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, like we, we get along just fine. Thank God. And so
0: how many friends do you have? I have three. Okay.
1: three, a teenager and a set of twins that are eight years old. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. But thankfully, um, and I will say this, it was very high conflict coming into the picture. I don't have, you know how you see those those families on Facebook? It'll be like the mom, dad, then stepmom yeah. and stepdad and kids in the middle. That, that was not how I started off. That's not my life now. Yeah. However, I still found a way to manage to be okay in the midst of another person experiencing a storm right next to me. I know how to put my umbrella and protect myself from another person's shit storm so that their stuff doesn't come over here. And that's kind of what I teach people to do. I don't teach people about, you're going to have this happy ending where you're all holding hands and eating Skittles at the end of the rainbow. I teach you how to listen. If this person is going to hate you, if your stepkids' mom still treats you like trash, if your stepkids won't accept you, if your ex-husband is refusing to pay child support or be as active, I still teach, you know, my thing is, I want people to be okay even though someone else is experiencing a storm next to them.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea of like, even when, right. Like being happy, being taking care of yourself, even when all this other stuff is happening around you to participate. Yeah.
1: You gotta, you gotta know how to put on that suit of armor and protect yourself because people will really shroud you and suffocate you with their mess. They, if you let them, they will do it. Like we have so many outside influences today. Look, we got Facebook, Instagram, uh, a million other ones that I probably don't even know about yet. So we're subjected to other people's opinions opinions all day. Yeah. And that's too much, on, in my opinion, that's just too much on the human brain. Like we ain't supposed to have to have all this. A lot of us are walking around over capacity right now.
0: Well, and I love that idea too. Like when you were talking about like seeing these, you know, pictures of like the blended families where everybody's together or celebrating. I think I've seen ones where like people all go on vacation together or, yeah, yeah. you know, and I think that creates, like, well, that's, you know, great. If that's your, if that's something that you aspire to, fantastic. If that's your situation. But it's also it creates mm-hmm. this like idea that like, yeah, everybody has to get along all of the time. And yeah. that's just not true. <laughs> like we're just, that's, we're not, humans, and that's not true.
1: That's not real life in our marriages. That's not real life in our relationships with our parents or our siblings or coworkers. We don't get along all the time. The thing that I think that we've been failed at in society as a whole is um emotional intelligence and conflict resolution because yeah. we're go- conflict is natural it's going to happen we're going to fight but it doesn't have to be the end-all be-all to a relationship and if you look at the divorce rate for first marriages half of first marriages are gonna fail yeah that's been a statistic for about 22 years now it's not changing uh 70 of second marriages are doomed for failure as well. So what does that tell us? That tells us that a lot of us don't know how to resolve conflict. We don't know how to even speak to our emotions in such a way that we it promotes healthy relationships or ongoing relationships. You know, I, there's a lot that's wrong with you know the, how things are set up. But
0: yeah. So tell me a little bit about so the name of your company, or coaching is Blended in Black. So tell me about like where that name came from. What does that mean? One of the things is like, is it just like, do you only coach black people? Hell yeah. Only black people. I was just playing. Um, So my my company
1: is actually called Najma Hall. Um, And under the umbrella, I have two companies. One is Blended in Black and one is VIP Stepmom. And the reason that I started Blended in Black is because when I entered the realm of looking for help, I did not notice. I noticed that there was like a major opportunity because there was nobody, nobody that looked like me. That was strictly focusing on blended families. Um, like you had Stepmom Magazine, who, uh, the you know, the person that runs it, Brenda, like me and her on first name basis, we talk once a week now. You had people out there like that that have been in the game that are trailblazers for such a long time. You had some other big names out there. And honestly, y'all, I'm a business person. When Naja sees an opportunity, um, in a niche, she's gonna take it. And that's That's honestly how it started. I was like, okay, I can service an area of people that are not being served. But what started happening is when I was putting my videos out there, I I believe I just started speaking a language, speaking to everybody in a way that they hadn't heard before. And I was real, and I was emotional, and I was passionate. I still am. And so what started happening is people were like, Naja, is this only for Black folk? I was like, No, girl, don't be dumb. Come on, like. No, you know, so, um, I have had to make it, I've had to explain that, like, listen, blended and black, um, the world isn't just black and white. Blended families are not just black and white. Um, I have a, you know, so no, it's a very diverse platform. As a matter of fact, I will say this, my forum is the most diverse platform out there. And so, um, VIP Stepmom is something that I started because I myself am a stepmother. I have a soft stop spot for stepmoms. I know what our pain points are. And I realized that I can help stepmoms in such a way because I have the unique experience of being one that was in a high conflict situation. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: I hope that answers your question. Yeah. That's what drew me to you was, you know, in kind of wanting, I knew this was a topic that I wanted to tackle only because this is my reality as well. Like I have yeah. one child and then um, my partner has two and we're just about to move in together and really blend it up.
1: <laughs> oh Lord. So yeah. yeah.
0: And, um, you know,
1: so it's crazy. And I think what the thing about it is the my, the blended in black platform has had so much success and is supported by different ethnicities is because Literally, our families are all effing crazy. Like, it doesn't matter if your ass is black, white, red, yellow, purple, green. You know, in my podcast, it's called I Know I'm Crazy. You know that your family is nuts. And I don't give a damn what color you are. That's one thing that I found from coaching. Um, someone asked me this one time. They're like, Naja, is there a difference between coaching black families and white families and Latino families? I said, everybody. I said, crazy don't have a color. You know what I mean? <laughs> crazy does not have a color. That's, and I can say that from personal experience. And I also know a lot of coaches out there, they only coach people that look like them so they don't even have the experience of being diverse and knowing how to do multicultural work like they don't have that and so um working with people that come from everywhere that talk different that look different it literally helps me to be a w- more well-rounded coach i yeah. love some of the i love some of the symbolism that the latino families Interject. I love how they treat their elders. I, you know, there's things that I found from each culture that now I go and teach. I teach cross culturalism yeah. because, you know, I kind of find that that works. One
0: of the things that really drew me to you was in looking for someone to kind of come on and talk about this, was there were so many that do kind of paint this rosy picture or like they'll kind of gloss over the problems. And what I loved is like in following you is I love when you give advice, not as the coach. <laughs> <but> <laughs> Okay. Oh, when I do, I'm your home girl today. <laughs> I, know. I love yeah. it. Sometimes, yeah, you just want to like hear that where it's like, oh, okay. It's totally normal to like feel. Yeah. <laughs> not going into had, the brain.
1: <laughs> I probably get more of a better engagement from, hey, listen, guys, this is your home girl, naja, talking. This is not master step family coach, nausea, You know, <laughs> I, I probably get, you know, that's because it's real and it's unabashed and it's sometimes it's ugly. Yeah. It's real life.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So I'm, we're about to do the move in. It's in a couple of months. Okay. What do you see as the most common mistakes that people make when they're, you know, blending families like under one roof?
1: Oh my God. If, if so, from a stepmother's perspective, from stepmom's perspective, I'm going to say this. I advise all stepmothers to make your family, make your household the priority. When you try to be overly accommodating for a child that's not going to live in your house full time, that's when you find that you're going to cause a balance in your home. You're not going to be doing a service to the people who are in your face all day, every day. Not only does that make the family that relies on you 100% of the time, 24 hours a day resent you, it also kind of makes that stepchild who essentially, and some people are going to get mad at me for saying this, but who essentially is a visitor in the home. Now, if your stepchild Mm -hmm. does not, if, you're, if your partner doesn't have 50-50 custody or you're not a custodial stepmother, then that means I'm specifically talking to you here. This kid is really a visitor. I want you to make them comfortable, but I don't want you to cause discomfort to the people who actually have dominion in this home. So that's one of the, that's the first thing that I would tell you to do. Um, it, it, Are you going to be a custodial stepmom or what's the situation with custody and visitation?
0: Yeah, we both kind of have half and half custody. So there's sometimes when we have, one child, my son in the house, there'll be times when we have his two kids. There'll be time when there's all three of the kids and there's time when there's just him and I. So it's kind of a mix. Oh my God.
1: So in this case, if you, if there's like literally a way, and I'm going to pray for you guys, if there's a way that you can get all the kids on the same visitation schedule, Mm -hmm. like I call it two birds with one stone, that would be ideal for you just because when when you guys are kid-centered, you get to be kid-centered. But then when it's just you and
0: him, you know, it's
1: kind of like a bonus. It feels like a vacation, isn't it? is not thats
0: that at all possible that you could get that? I don't know. I think it's something that we can explore. I mean, right now it's kind of nice to have one-on-one time with like my son and then like one on with his kids. Yeah. It's kind of nice. And I think, you know, right now we've been in, um, we've been together about three years. And so we've okay. had separate residences. And so the kids are, you know, I think they're, the kids are also at the part where they're ready to all live together. I think it was, a, you know, really yeah they're excited so um okay okay oh my god wait till that first fight oh god (laughs) well I think is right now they've had to share space like both at my place and his place yeah so the new place they'll all have their own space so like it'll be like when they need a break from each other they can just go to their actual room and like it's not going to be this um
1: okay so that's perfect. are you
0: I think your situation is ideal because
1: you know sometimes you'll have families that are blending and they got to fit five or six people into a space that's only meant for four. Mm-hmm. And so people are, you know, their space is limited, so frustrations are going to arise. So at least you're in a situation where you can you know everybody has space. With that, I would say there there has to be rules and regulations because you know when we give kids their own space, then I think they kind of you know, they can retreat there. And so I would schedule like an hour a day where we have to spend that time together. And I know it sounds egregious because some of, you know, time is so limited, but you know, eating dinner together, no phones allowed at the table. You, we're going to only focus on each other. This is how you're going to keep your home um, floating in such a way where love is cohesive And it doesn't feel separate because you'll find when you start to blend homes and get in the same household, the thing that we don't want it to happen is to become us against them. I had a client one time who I think she came with three kids and her husband came with two or three kids. I don't recall. And it got so bad that they said, you know what? Our kids are not getting along. And it's all, it became an us against them. And they were, the husband almost moved out with his kids. They're like, we're going to stay married, but we can't live together. And I was just like, my God, how did it get to this point? Yeah. And spending that time with them, I saw, I said, okay, you guys didn't prioritize the family aspect. And you also didn't show, demonstrate to these children that our relationship is the first priority. It's the foundation of this entire family. Because what happens when two people come together and they don't show the children that You're not going to penetrate this relationship. You're not going to manipulate mom and dad against one another. We are partners here. And it's kind of, it needs something. You know what? Just like what my mom and dad did it. It was us against them. It was me and my sisters (laughs) against my parents. We knew for a fact there was nothing we could do to cause division between our parents. We also knew though that we were their most important priority. In a step family, that gets hard because- naturally you're going to have this love for your biological children and you're going to have more of a tolerance for them. They get, Your biological children are going to get more grace. But on the other hand, when a stepchild does something, it's kind of like, ugh, you know, you're, there has to be a healthy level of detachment, which means when, you know, the cliche love them like your own, I kind of think that's bullshit sometimes because it's nearly impossible because your stepchildren don't love you like you're their mother. Hmm. They don't love their stepdad, like he's their own father. And so, you know, it, it gets kind of difficult and it gets kind of convoluted when we start to throw expectations out there like that. But the kids have to know from day one, if they see a hole in you and your partner's relationship, they're going to go for it. They're going to take it yeah. and it's going to start building division. And you and he well, you know, I don't want to see you guys on opposite sides of the rings.
0: Yeah. Well, I love what you said about having that family time. Because that definitely has been a concern of mine is like, oh, once the kids have their own rooms, we're never going to see them. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Making sure that there's, you know, prioritizing family time. Yep. Um, And so you brought up a good point. And this actually was a question that one of my friends had submitted was, what do you do when it comes to sharing space between like, so she's got a boy and a girl and her partner also has a boy and a girl. And so in moving in together, their thinking is to have the two girls share a room and the two boys share a room, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of what do you, what are your thoughts on that? And like, what are some things to kind of keep in mind when doing that?
1: I think biological teenagers, um, they kind of need it. Well, I think teenagers need and deserve their own space because teenagers are nuts. Yeah. They are like a like a whole different. They're like aliens, you know.
0: And it happened that they turned thirteen. My son turned thirteen in August, and I was like, and we started going crazy. Right? I was like, what happened? Who are
1: you? It's like whose child are you? Yeah. So I feel like if you can't accommodate it, the teenagers kind of do need their own space because they're growing. Like you know, their minds haven't caught up with their bodies, and their hormones are crazy, and their their brains are going through this latency period where. They're complete monkeys at that point, but, but if the children are a similar age and the same sex, absolutely. So, uh, I don't, did, did you mention if they were the same sex with these kids, you said two boys and two
0: girls? Yeah. So I think that, but I'm trying to think what the age difference is. There's a, I think there is a bit of an age difference. There might be one of the, um, one of them might be going towards teenage, um, I'm not oh okay okay yeah
1: like if they if they have the space then for sure everybody gets their own space if they don't though i would say put the same sex kids in the same room and they're, the kids are just gonna have to figure it out yeah. you know they might be um step siblings but guess what we're a family now you guys need to figure it out this is where they get to un- start to honor their loyalties and build that with one another they get to honor their space, they get to respect their new family system, and they get to see this is actually happening. And I can't escape from it because my God, I got to go to sleep with it. Like, you know, you're sharing a room. Like how, what, what better way to get you to accept something when it's right in your face all the time? Yeah. So yeah, I say put, if it's two girls, put them in the same room, two boys, put them in the same room for sure. And teenagers try to give them their own space.
0: Yeah. Even if it's, yeah, maybe not their own room, but at least some a place that they can go. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I really wanted to talk about something that came up with a bunch of when I kind of put feelers out, a bunch of things came in about this, about jealousy and um like co-parents being jealous of the relationship that the child is creating with the step parent. So
1: mm. um,
0: you know, maybe a dad is jealous of a child's, you know, kind of building a relationship with a stepdad. Um, Or that like mom, stepmom kind of jealousy. Like, what are your thoughts on that? How do we kind of deal with that? It's so prevalent. You know, one of
1: my favorite authors, speakers, Dr. Shivali, she wrote this controversial statement and parents everywhere got so pissed off at her. Um, But she was right. She said, parenting is one of the most egotistical jobs (laughs) that we could ever have. And you could imagine Liz, how pissed off parents were. Cause they're like, I love my kids. And, yeah. But it's I
0: like, do like, dude, so much for them. Right. Like that, I, that whole idea. I do so much for them
1: and I, 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 and all that they were saying was I, I, I. And I'm like, guys, you don't even realize this is your ego speaking. Because if we look at parenting from what look at it from a bare bones level, your job is to facilitate housing. If you're a mother housing this human being getting them here earthside raising them and sending them off into the world they are completely completely separate entity from what you are but when a lot of us as parents we get so enmeshed with our children that it's difficult for us to see them as a separate thing from us with a separate set of experiences expectations and desires so first if you can let go of being so enmeshed in your most precious possession, then I think you you kind of reach a level of, all right, I'm gonna be like this well rounded parent now. I my you know, you kinda of realize what your job is. And so that's hard for a lot of moms to do, especially because you know, it's like it's like listen, from the time this little human being, I mean, before they even became a human being, they're like a group of cells. They were in your body. Like you they literally came from you. Yeah. And so with that connection, it's it's hard for a parent to just even consider letting go. But that causes distinction and contention in a lot of parent-adult-parent-child relationships later on down the line. Because like I hear a lot of adult children saying, you know, my mom never knew when to stop parenting me. She should have just became my friend. I needed a counsel and a friend at a certain age. But she was always parentifying me. So. I would just say advice. Number one, because parenting is like attached to our ego, that means fear. Mm-hmm. If you if you are a biological parent and your child is getting a brand new step parent, the first feeling that you're going to feel is fear. So don't sit up here and lie like it's not. Because I know for a fact it is. You're afraid. You're afraid that your kid's going to like this person more than you. You're afraid that your child would admire this person more than you. You're afraid that this person might make more of an impact. But the one thing that you have to remember as a biological parent is you are literally your child's favorite person. You're the one that they look to. Even if they love their stepmother or stepfather, they're always going to want you. They're always going to need you. They don't need, their soul doesn't need their stepmother or stepfather. That's a connection that is is irreplaceable. So you have to remember that mom and dad. If you allow your child to have a separate experience beyond you, that means guess what? You don't have a stepmom or stepdad. Your child does. That means they're getting to have an experience that is completely isolated from you. You got to let that fly. You got to let them feel that. You got to let them experience that. Should you interfere and inhibit and take away, especially if they have a good step parent, then what you're doing is you're stealing your child's ability to make decisions on forming healthy relationships. If they have a step parent that likes them and you're interfering with that, what you're teaching your child is not to even trust their own judgment when it comes to allowing new people in their lives. So you're really doing them them a total disservice. And I'm not saying it's just because I'm a step parent. You know, I'm team step mom. Like I'm team family. I ain't even team kids. I'm team family. And so you know, when I, once I see what some of our parenting antics can do to our children and how it takes away because guess what I'm the one that you send your kids to when they need coaching when therapy doesn't work I'm the one that like I I literally have dozens of children clients and so I know the minds of children they tell me things that they can't tell their parents because their parents have put them in such a position where they're afraid to be honest and open with their feelings and their insecurities so I kind of hope that long-winded answer answers your question
0: no it does that's great I think that's it's when you said about like the universe feeling is fear I can totally understand that and yeah um it's funny because I come from both sides so I have a stepmom and Mm. um, who came into my life when I was 12 and I absolutely adore her like she I call her mom like she for all intents and purposes she is my mom yeah Um, and but it was so funny because You know what you were saying too is like I didn't think I would be a stepmom. You know I didn't I didn't go into my first marriage thinking well this will work out and I'll just find somebody stepmom. You know, but it's interesting having been on both sides of it. Right, having been the kid in a blended family and then now Mm -hmm. you know in the stepmom and I. I totally get it. Like I, that is because like, even the idea of like, oh, my son attaching to someone else. But the first thing that pops up is like, what? like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to be replaced even though, right. There's the party. It's like, of course you're not. But like, that's just yeah. that like you said, it's your ego. The first thing it says.
1: It's our ego. But a lot of mothers, um, a lot of fathers cannot get past their own egos. Yeah. And so what they do is they get their child caught up in a loyalty bind and the child is just conflicted and confused. And, you know, but I think major kudos to your mom, because you mentioned something. You said you love your stepmother. You call her mom. You realize your mother had to allow that. Your biological mother had to some kind of way find it within herself to be okay with that, because she could have
0: discouraged you. I don't know if she did or not. We, I don't speak to my birth mother anymore. Okay, okay. um, But yeah, she was somebody who had a lot of, fear and there was a lot of you know when you were kind of speaking about that where it's like all of a sudden I wasn't allowed to kind of talk about how much I liked my stepmom right Mm. yeah I totally remember that where it's like I had to downplay you know any good times we had or that sort of stuff so I really want to talk about that too about like the how to handle like the guilt a child might feel bonding with a bonus parent or a step-parent
1: oh my goodness so
0: Look at what you just said. You said you had to downplay
1: it. The where you are now you said and but you also look what happened in your case. You said I don't talk to my mother anymore. So I'm pretty sure not only in that one aspect of your life, but other aspects of your life that led you to say, "You know what? I'm going to be a healthier individual if I cut ties with a person that is biologically my mother." That means that you could not you thought that your life would be better without her in it. And I hope that that's an example to all parents out there that are causing a rift between what could be a positive relationship for their child. Because you let your child like the doctor, the dentist, you let them take their their teacher an apple, but you won't allow them to show love and affection toward a person that is literally in the in a parenting role. This person is fixing your child's meals, they're bathing your child, they're kissing boo boos, but when the kid comes home to you they have to find a way to to damn all of this if you are a parent that is doing that you are not in a healthy place you are and chances are this is not the only area of your life that is disordered i guarantee you there's probably other areas of your life your other interpersonal relationships um that are suffering because of this cuz you know Liz we don't just cause havoc in one area of our lives you know I'm, and, you know, I don't, you've never told me anything about your mom. You know, yeah. I don't know the situation, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm speaking some truths here where yours is not the only one where she could not find some semblance of normalcy and peace. Yeah.
0: And one of the things I always tell my clients is how you do one thing is how you do everything. Right. right. So it's never that like isolated, like, oh, I'm only a hot mess in this one area. Of my life. <laughs> right.
1: It's going to, it's going to drill. It's going to spill over
0: into other areas. Yeah it's just, it's just how it is. Yeah, that's true. So what are your thoughts on so new beginning? Like, when is the right time to introduce kids to their like, step parent or the person you're dating? How, did that, how, did, how? Yeah, how did you guys handle that? So?
1: I'm a firm believer that in the first six months of a relationship, you're kind of dating one another's representative. You know, you're still putting on airs. We, you know, we tell each other we love each other in those first six months, but you kind of don't know know them. And then the six months after that is a definition stage. That's when you realize that, okay, the the gloves are off. I'm kind of starting to see who you are. We kind of like each other. Now let's define this thing. So once you make it safely into the definition stage and you see that, this relationship is going to go somewhere. Then I think it's safe to introduce the kids. Yeah. On the contrary, I think it's very irresponsible to introduce your kids to every Tom, Dick, and Harry that you like this week. Because I know a lot of people that are so desperate to find love and give the appearance that they deserve love again that they will force pe- force um, their kids force these people in their kids' lives rather. And so. You know, that's just like a lot of unhealthy patterns that we start to develop. So I would think once you have defined this relationship that we're going to be together, we're going to be in each other's lives and it's going to be long term. And that sounds like such a cliche answer, but because that's what everybody says, because you would think that it's common sense, Liz, but it's not because I've had some people, you know, when I was a single girl, they're like, oh, we've been dating two weeks. Let me introduce you to my kid. Oh, no, no, I don't want to meet your little Cock blocker? No, thank you. I don't
0: know. Dude, I don't even know if I like you. Like, no. Yeah, because to your point, right? Like you're still in that like best behavior stage.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And my best behavior always stopped after three months. So, (laughs) you know, that's me personally, but I knew that about myself. After three months, honey, this is all this is take it or leave it. This is who I am. Yeah. But safe side, I would say six months. Like you're still dating their representative. So just be careful about that.
0: Yeah. And then how did you, um, how did you guys handle the meeting? Like, did you guys, what did,
1: how so did you, guys what we, well, because my, my stepkids, um, live in Texas and my husband and I live in New York. And so we had been dating about a little over a year at that point, And the conflict had already started. And mm-hmm. so I was not allowed to contact them when he was, when he, alienation was very, very prevalent at the beginning of our relationship. Once, it kind of came out that he was in a brand new relationship with a supermodel like me. That's when shit hit the fan. (laughs) It was like, Oh, hell no, you You know, like it was like, it was, it was nuts. And so of course it was very difficult for him to even at a certain point contact his children. And I was like, yeah, right. My name was mud. Hmm. And so what happened is he and I, once we made the decision, like this is going to last, we really want to be with each other. We were talking marriage, but we weren't engaged. Um, he was like, you know, I want you to come to Texas. I want you to meet my kids. And so I hopped on a plane with him. Got We got there. He went and got the kids for the weekend. I stayed in a hotel. And he stayed in another hotel. And I just came by to visit them one time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, he was like, hey, we're out at the pool. Come by. So I came by. He introduced him. It's like, hey, this is daddy's new friend. This is Miss Nausea mm-hmm. And we just literally played. And it was very unfortunate because the oldest one, she had been included in a lot of the alienation attempts. So when she heard my name, she automatically associated that with, oh my God, I've heard this person's name before. <gasps> and, and and so I could see the fear in her eyes. And so I was just very gentle with her, very patient with her. I understood that she had been traumatized and my name had been one of the things that was kind of used. And it was just a very unhealthy situation that she was put in I admire her so much to this day for how she's able to just be cool with me now and be friends with me now because of what was put in her head when she was eight eight nine years old um so yeah that's how we did the first thing and then the next time what happened was I came we took another trip to Texas and then we did a whole play date. We took them to like Jump Zone or, you know, one of those kids yeah. places where you play the games and all that stuff. Yeah, we just went there and everything was always fun for those first few introductions. Yeah, And after that, I began staying, we would make trips and I would stay in the hotel room with them. And so it the, it was quickly, it quickly became a family feel because we yeah. would all wake up together. It felt like vacations for them. Um you know, so it, I, I, my husband slowly introduced me into his ready-made family. Yeah. He welcomed me. And even now, six years, seven years down the line, I end every visit with my stepkids saying, you know, guys, I just really still got to tell y'all, thank you for inviting me and welcoming me into your family. And they're like, "Miss Naja, you're our family now. <laughs> but I just have to, I feel like I have to show them so much appreciation for making me feel welcome and not making me feel like an outsider and not succumbing to some of the negative things that they might hear in their other household. Yeah. I feel like people should be acknowledged when they do good. You know?
0: I love that. And I love the idea of like, you know, first meetings being something that it's fun and where like the focus isn't on, okay, we're all meeting this person or we're all meeting for the first time. Right. It's like, whether it's the pool or the jump place, we did um, a bowling alley. We, I met. Yeah that's I fine you yeah, that's and, it like, too. and it's not like what I loved about it is like it's not constantly like everyone staring at each other like at lunch yeah. or something right instead it's like oh it's bowling oh it's your turn oh it's my turn right like you can kind of just kind of ease into it and um yeah that idea yeah and then yeah about there's something that you had said in one of your videos about that you tell your stepkids, I'm yours too
1: And
0: And so can you talk a little bit about like, not just being the spouse of their parent, but also belonging to your stepkids?
1: I can speak from a place of high conflict because that's been my experience. And that's really what I help my clients out with. And I just remember at one point being told that not from the kids, not from my husband, but being told by someone who's a major influence in their life, you'll never They're not going to ever like you. They're not even going to call you stepmom. Yeah, right. They have aunties and godmothers. You're nothing to them. And I just, that kind of resonated with me. And that really, for a long time, that affected how I approached them. Because I felt, you know, that when that divisive stuff is set, those seeds are planted in your mind early on, they do take root. And they do affect you. And they do make you feel very insecure or limited in what you can do with these children
0: and there's a part of you right that believes that there's a part
1: of you that believe. absolutely absolutely so it took a while for me to work within myself to and, and for my husband to be very reassuring to me too you know he would be like Naj, i'm going to share my kids with you
0: oh i do what <laughs> but
1: what i started seeing happening like now you know when they come with us for the summers i am the feminine feminine energy in the household Mm -hmm. So when the girls need something, um, they don't ask that, they ask me when they want certain things. Um, they now come to me for these, they look to me for these things and I could tell that they were uncomfortable. So I didn't, I assumed that they were also just like it was, the seeds were planted in my head. Mm -hmm. I knew I could feel the seeds were planted in their heads too. So what I had my husband to do was just to just reaffirm to them. Hey, like, honey, take them out for pizza and reaffirm to them that not just not only my wife, but she is something to you as well. Hmm. And I had to tell them that myself at one point. Because, you know, I would find them asking Dad for things that girls should probably ask, you know, another chick for. Yeah. Or they wouldn't even ask me for anything. Oh, if they were hungry and I'm sitting right there, hey Dad, I'm hungry. Or hey Dad, can you and I'm just like, dude, am I chopped liver? And I had to tell them one day, I said, Hey, you know, kids, when I decided when I fell for your father I said, I've had a long time for to get to love you guys because from the first day I met him, you're the only thing that he always talked about. So I've known you before I actually met you. So I love you guys too, just because of how much I love your dad. And anything that he takes care of and takes pride in, so do I. But you all need to understand. And I told him this straight up. I'm like, I'm a part of your family now. We all have the same last name and I want you guys to know, just be okay with asking me for whatever your needs are. Cause Miss Naja is going to do what she has to do to make you happy. In the beginning, they call me Miss Naja, you know, cause that's, I don't, you know, I'm from the South and we yeah. don't let kids call us by our first name. So it, my name was Miss Naja. And now it's kind of morphed into my Naja. So they're like, my Naja. Oh. And yeah. So, you know, but so, and that's like a, a term of endearment that is, you know, it shows me that we have a level of comfort that by all intents and purposes should not have been there because the ground was set for none of us to be able to to bond, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah, that's so powerful. I love that they that I and I have found with my, you know, stepmom, like our names for her morphed throughout the years, right? Like uh-huh. <laughs> And it went, you know, her name is Kelly. And so at first it was Kelly, and then it was um I think it was stepmom, Kel, and or we, you know, and then when she had, I have two uh, brothers from their marriage, and so when they came around, it was like and they were always calling her mom or mama. It seemed weird to call her Kelly or Kel. Yeah, because you're like, dang, her kids are around. <laughs> and it was funny because like yeah. then they they looked at us like, why are you not calling mom mom or and so yeah. we started calling her Mama Kelly, and then it's just kind of been like this, you know, gosh. Now we've known her for like thirty years, right? But like,
1: oh, so she's mom
0: now. That's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. So, so I have one question I really want to get to because this came up with a couple of people. Yeah. Um, and so, someone wrote in and said, sometimes I feel like I have all the responsibility and none of the decision-making power. How do you mm. that?
1: Mm. You do, though, girlfriend. <laughs> you really do. But I'm gonna tell you this, I. I posted this video and it was a stepmom and a biological mom going back and forth. And the man in the middle, you know, the guy who's sitting there looking like a dunce. And these women are fighting like just cats and dogs. And he's literally sitting there silent. And I just wanted to thump him in his forehead and be like, dude, you are the reason these women know each other. You need to speak up. You need to shut this mess down and you need to control her on her end and control her on her end. But what the stepmother was saying. And she was out of bounds for saying that she was completely wrong. She was like trying to explain to the biological mother, when you call and make a request to my man, you're calling us, you're speaking to us and it's my household. And she and the biological mother was saying, well, sweetheart, I didn't lay down and create this child with you. So when I need something, I'm going to call the person that is her other parent, not you.
0: I think also, I saw this. It was like a Real Housewives of Atlanta or something. Girl, yes, you saw that hot mess. <laughs> you, you
1: that was a hot mess, wasn't it? it? Was he just sat there, and I was like, "What is happening?" So he sat. He said nothing. But what that kind of that's indicative of what a lot of guys do, though. A lot of guys really will, if you allow them, ladies that are listening to this, they'll let you do the heavy lifting, hmm. so that they don't have to deal with the em- emotional fallout of this conundrum that they have created. So I'll say this, if you are a per if you're a stepmom and you're feeling out of sorts and you're feeling like you have none of the control, you need to understand, like when we opened up this podcast, I said your household has to be your key priority. No decisions are made within your household without coming past the king and the queen. If your man is making decisions and not checking with you, if he's taking from you guys' savings to cover something um, and he's not speaking to you about it, if he's inviting people into the home, if he is um, not enforcing rules with his children, that means you're off balance. So I'm a firm believer in putting everything back, especially if you're a stepmom, put it all on that man because he's the reason that you're a stepmom in the first place. He's the one that brought you into this pickle. He has to make it comfortable for you. So you might not feel like you get any of the rewards from your stepkids. I just made a post on Instagram today, and it it, it spoke to the expectations of, of stepmothering. And one of the things that I pointed out was, you know, you might not get acknowledged from your stepkids. That would be great. But they didn't marry you, sweetheart. That man did. He is the one that has to give you the adoration and acknowledgement. He's the one that has to make sure that you are feeling accepted from everybody. He has to lay the groundwork for you to be a successful stepmother. There's a lot of women out there that I know that have married guys who gave them a a losing hand. So Mm. no matter matter what card you draw, you're going to lose. Those are not good situations. So I would just tell that woman right there, I would shift all the responsibility back to him. While he fully under my husband understands that no matter what, our household is my priority. Because guess what? His kids' household and the person that runs it over there, that's her priority. Yeah. She doesn't give a damn if my kids can't eat because he's paying this much child support. Or, you know, like, you you have to think about that. that your household is your priority. Yeah. And together, you and your partner, um, you guys handle that. But he has to do the dirty work. He has to do the heavy lifting.
0: Well, I think it it comes back to what you were saying before, right? Like making the family the priority, making that you know the relationship yes. the priority. And I think that's something that's really hard for people who have been single parents for a long time. And mm-hmm. when you're like yes. child, and it's like you know, because that was another question that came up was like, how do I balance like the shifting focus from the kids to the relationship and back, right? And, oh, yeah. you're and you've been that way for a while, and you're like your focus is the kid and it's like you and and the kids and then all of a sudden you're in a relationship and it feels and i'll say this you know from personal experience it feels kind of like a betrayal when all of a sudden you're this relationship or priority instead of your child you feel
1: so guilty because little timmy is looking to you to be his end-all be-all and because you've been, it's just been the two of you, or however many kids, yeah. you know, let's just say it's you and your daughter, you and your son out there. And it's literally you two against the world. If you have made it so that you and your child have this impenetrable thing and no one else is welcome, then that's like a foundational issue from the jump. Unless you have committed to being alone for the rest of your life, then yeah, if you've said, I'm not going to ever be with anybody, it's just going to be me and my kid until they move out and get married and then go on with their lives. Then yeah. But that's a foundational issue. I think you have to start grooming your children early on to let them know that I do plan on finding love. Yeah. At some point. And because I want you to see what a healthy love relationship should look like. So the kid kind of always needs to know that they're not going to be the one to keep that side of the bed uh warm until someone else gets there cuz guess what when someone else comes they're not going to want to move over. Yeah. But there are a lot of guilty feelings associated with, with bringing in a new partner, but you got to groom the kids and yourself first, because a lot of us will rely on our kids to be our partners in crime. Mm-hmm. We'll, they'll, you know, we will parentify our children, meaning we'll have these adult expe- emotional expectations of them, and they're literally five years, six years old. So a lot of that starts with us, you know, number one, you got to get you some business of your own. You got to get some friends in a circle of your own. And then you got to make sure your kid has a circle of peers as well. That way they can see the distinct difference between adult relationships and children relationships. You got to do a quick separation. Um, and that means that sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. It, it That means you're going to have to do a lot of planning ahead. Because you're and you're gonna have to make sure that the children know that while I love you and you are my key priority, I also am a human. Yeah, and you have to show them examples of what being human means, and that being human ain't all about being a parent. Yeah,
0: no, that's so true, and I think that's the the key thing is letting your kids see kind of like all the you know all the parts of being a human, right? Whether it's the dating stuff and you know, other relationships or friendships or like, you know, emotions. Like I know I've, I was somebody who used to like try to like hide when I was upset about stuff or I would, you know, if if I was crying or something and my son asked like, what's wrong, I'd be like, oh, nothing. And then I was like, well, wait, that's, I'm doing a disservice by not letting him see that it's like, it's okay to cry. It's okay to like have a bad day or, you know, be upset about something somebody said, right? Like just kind of letting them know, like, this happens to me too. Right. And like, yeah. Um, I know one of the things like, you know, I had introduced my son to someone that I was dating and it, we wound up breaking up and it was so, um, he was at the age where I could explain to him, he was like, well, like sometimes as you get to know people, you kind of realize you don't really like them. <laughs> like, right. Or, right. yeah. Able to like, he was able to pair it to his life too. Right. He was like, oh yeah. Like when I was friends with so-and-so, but now we're not friends anymore. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like it's nothing. Bad. <laughs> just, you know yeah we're just not friends anymore right exactly um exactly but yeah i love that like the idea of, of showing your humanity to your children mm-hmm showing
1: yeah. that you're human i know yeah. some people who never saw their parents fight and argue and so they grew up with this ideal that mm-hmm. it's only a good relationship if you don't fight yeah I, i'm like that's not that. real that's you, you get We have to teach our, we have to send our kids out into the world fully ready to be good workers, entrepreneurs, partners, and good humans. Like we have to teach them that they're going to have to coexist in a whole lot
0: of different scenarios, and it's our job as parents to prepare them for that. I know. I'm always so grateful because my dad and stepmom, their relationship has been one of like when they're annoyed with each other, it's like you know they're honest about it, and then we Mm -hmm. also them like you know make up and. Um it's this idea of like yeah someone can drive you crazy and uh, you know still be the love of your life and, <laughs> and you know exactly. Yeah. exactly.
1: I know some people you know, I I do a lot of work with personality disorders. And one of the one of my least favorite or the one the ones that I research the most is borderline personality disorder. And these people believe number one that they are devoid of self-worth and value they don't think that they are deserving of love but one of the main kickers you can kind of recognize them there's a lot of ways there's nine ways by the way so there's you know there's a lot that you should look at but if these are people that look at the world and relationships strictly in terms of black and white like oh if it's not all good then it's not it's then it's all bad you know these are the things that kind of throw us off about relationships because there are some people out there that Really, wholly believe this, and so if they have a little fight with you, if you guys have a, a disagreement, they're gonna throw away the whole ship because mm-hmm. there's a hole in it, and that's not, you know, that that's not the a healthy way to be. Yeah. And I didn't mean to get into personality disorders, but that's probably a whole other podcast. But
0: is, you know, So. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I um, this was awesome, and I love. I could talk to you for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> um so tell everyone where we can find you so if you want to find
1: me if you want to holla at me i just need you to go to nauseahall.com and from there that's kind of my online hub that will take you to my books to my speaking it'll take you to blended in black to vip stepmom you'll literally be able to find my youtube all my instagrams Go to com to find me and then just kind of explore and connect with
0: me where you want
1: to because I'm everywhere.
0: Yeah, fantastic. We'll make sure to link that in the show notes so everyone can find you.
1: Thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for
1: having me, Liz. I'm so glad we got it together,
0: girlfriend. this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, please subscribe, share with your friends, or leave a review on iTunes. As we grow the show, I would love to hear from you. What damn thing did you accomplish this week? Is there a topic you're dying for me to explore on the show? Be sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at DoTheDamnThingShow, and let me know. I can't wait to connect with you and hear all about the action you're taking in your life. In the meantime, get out there and do the damn thing.